are here with episode four of the SJS podcast, and today we have a very special guest, someone who's been in school with us all day, Andy Toos, who is a poet, and he's going to start us off with a lovely little poem. So hi, this poem is called The Tooth Fairy, and it's about what happens when the Tooth Fairy goes on holiday. The Tooth Fairy went on holiday, where she went she didn't say, trailing fairy just as her scent, she packed her bag and off she went. She left behind her a Tooth Fairy mist, oh, she was so badly missed. The Tooth Fairy usually exchanged teeth for money, when this didn't happen, the results were not funny. Parents sighed, <laughs> children cried, no money for sweets or other such treats. Tempers frayed as the tiny teeth stayed, all was gloom until suddenly, boom! The Tooth Fairy was back, quick as a flash, she collected all the teeth and gave out all the cash. So the world was put right, and that's how it will stay until the next time she goes on holiday. Thank you very much. And normally he likes a, a little applause, so I'll give a little uh, <laughs> clap there as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. So first question for you, you used to work as a primary teacher yourself. Correct. How did you find the role as a primary teacher? Oh, I loved it, and it also made me realise it's like the toughest job in the world. They, I mean, they always say, don't they, that, that, that every job's easy till you have to do it yourself. Well, I certainly found that out with primary school teaching, because you have to try and do everything. Brilliant, thank you. And uh, how did you get started as a poet? So I'm assuming, obviously, you were kind of doing a bit of both at the same time. Well, no, not really, actually. I made the leap, dramatic leap from one to the other, and I thought, well, if the poetry doesn't work, I can always just go back, because teachers are always going to be needed children was going to need teachers so no I just made the dramatic leap and I started writing to talk about my feelings really um, you know as one gets older there's always some tough stuff happening and finding outlets for things can be quite tricky really so uh, it just kind of seemed to come out as, as, as poems and I started sharing them with some of the children in my class and some of the poems I wrote at first were a bit heavy to be honest so that, then I kind of wrote some uh, some lighter ones and then I thought, oh, well, maybe I could make a bit of a go of it, going around schools, and here I am, quarter of a century later. Fantastic, thank you. That's <laughs> kind of answered a few questions all in one, because I was thinking, yeah, you've said you, you just kind of dove straight into it, and that's quite a brave thing to do, whereas obviously a lot of people would have said, I'll, I'll try and do both and really stretch stretch themselves, you know. Um, it didn't seem, didn't seem brave to me, actually. Different yeah. things seem brave to different people. I was just kind of ready for a change, you know. There's a lot of brave things people do, but... That was just like, I just thought I'd give it a go, really, you know, so, yeah. You're known as the poet from the peaks. <laughs> well, I'm known as the poet from the peaks. I kind of give myself a little nickname, yeah. yeah. Why is that? Because I live in the Peak District, Buxton, in the Peak District, where, where all the water comes from. Yeah. So uh, you just try and, like, find ways of marketing myself, yeah. really. So the poet from the peaks, you go with Peak District, Buxton's the like, main town in the Peak District, poet from the peaks. Yeah, that's it, really. Brilliant. And... Uh, your last book that you've just brought out, your third one, why is it? Why didn't the poetry book strike again? Oh well, it was it was it was going it was going to because uh, I thought I'd get a bit of a franchise. It seemed to be all right for Harry Potter, so I thought it might work for me. And I had the poetry book and the poetry book strikes again, and then I just thought mm, I just seem to have written a load of poems about the environment and uh, looking after the planet and. Then uh, I just thought, oh, green shoots rising. And actually, I'm really pleased that I didn't keep the poetry bug conceit going, even though I loved the two poetry bug books that I did. So I just changed my mind, really. Brilliant. Uh, Thought-provoking, the amusing, the inspiring, and the downright ludicrous are things that you describe <laughs> your books as containing. Do you think it's important for those elements, and do you think it's important to have fun when creating poetry? Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean... We all need a good giggle and life can get quite heavy and serious and that's good and some of my poems are quite serious 
it's just the way things are that poems reflect that but we also need light relief don't we and we, we need to have a giggle and a laugh and sometimes the absurd things which primary school children seem to relate to very well are, are important and the, the poems that have been written in this school today they've been especially the, the year six poems were there were a lot that were like completely bizarre and that I would never have thought of in a in million years like the guy taking his uh, his Ferrari cap into the bath and putting it in the bath so it creates bubbles and he's just doing it all with a straight face and I'm just like yeah that's 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 some of the stuff that that I love yeah oh and the girl the girl writing a poem um Georgia wasn't it about the 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 the, the frog being being ready to leap at her and just surreal stuff is 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 great yeah right yeah thank you uh, this one and you've kind of helped us today by giving top tips. What would your top tips for anybody be? I, I don't kind of take the line that these, the top tips of like, get a good idea, get a great first line, don't worry, are particularly for primary age children. One of my things is that I just think um, poems are for everybody and a lot of poems break down the barriers. And that's one of the reasons why I often write poems when I'm in the sessions and share them because then people can see that the, the poems the children are writing are just as good and often better than the ones I'm writing. And the same with the ones that adults might be writing the sessions as well. So I think poems are a great leveller because it's just an expression of our feelings. And um, I was in a school school yesterday where this girl wrote this amazing poem that ended up with this line about um, an immortal mind in a mortal body. Now, whether she'd seen that somewhere or picked up for somewhere, I don't mind, but I just thought that's inc that's incredible. And you know that's often often the way that that I hear and see incredible things, which are far better than I'd ever think of, or at least far different than I'd ever think of. And that kind of segues straight into my next question, which is perfect. Is I was going to say, do you think there are, poetry has to have a certain level to it? Is there anything that it needs to be classed as poetry, or is, is there anything specific? Oh, that's a really interesting question, and I'm not quite sure um, how to answer that. I mean, people. Children are often wanting to rhyme their poems and saying what rhymes with orange, which, for example, there's nothing that rhymes with orange apart from derivatives of orange, like halib orange. Uh, and it does. So I often say to them, well, look, just write, write what you want to write. Set it out like a poem. Give it the shape of a poem and you'll keep away from and then next. But and you, you try and click and sway to it so you get the rhythm of a poem. Having said that, I'm a bit rhyming mad. My poems tend to come out rhyming anyway. So to, I, I'm a, I, it's, a, it's a bit uh, it's a bit crazy in some ways to be asking you not to focus on rhymes when my poems do rhyme however what I discover is that I reckon it's about 50-50 I reckon about half the poems I get back from children are rhyming and about half are non-rhyming so there's something instinctive about just getting the rhythm and if it rhymes fine if it doesn't well never mind because it's the rhythm that other RHY word that's so important to the quality of poems yeah I find rhyming comes instinctively all the time when uh, I try to create uh, poetry. Uh, yeah, well, time. like the one, like the one that you were telling me before about about my car that yeah. you'd, you'd yeah, written. Yeah, it was. Yeah, great. You just made it on the hoof, as they say. Yeah, and that's or on the yeah, wheel in that and case. That, yeah, exactly. And yeah, that that, that that's like uh, the thing for for me. Rhyming just comes, and you can kind of make it flow quite. Yeah, quite and some people that. that doesn't quite happen in in the in the same way, and that's fine. You know, just have different styles of them. The diversity in terms of rhyming, non-rhyming, long, short, funny, serious. You know, that's it's the mixture that, that makes that that makes that really work. And the same with like raps and songs and dance and, and, and poetry. And there was there was a, there was there was a boy in a school the other day, primary school. He was quite 
turned off teaching and he, he, learning and he just wasn't very keen and then I read him a poem that was a little bit rappy. He went, that's a rap. I said, yeah, it's just like a type of poem, isn't it? And uh, he was engaged from that point on to different strokes for different folks, as they say, you know, different people are engaged by, by uh, different types of poetry. And you've obviously said some of your poems are about specific things. Do you do much mm -hmm. research for your poems? Ooh, that's an interesting uh, question. In one sense, the answer is no. In another sense, the answer is yes. No, in terms of um, I don't tend to go out and think, I'm going to write a poem about the ancient Greeks. Let's find out about the ancient Greeks. I don't tend to do that. But yes, in in sense that I'm, I'm really interested in always learning new stuff. I love reading. I do lots and lots of reading of novels, poems, um, newspapers, and I'm always interested in discovering new things and tracking down new information. And that is a kind of general learning that then has specific applications. So, yeah, that's quite an interesting question. So in one sense, no, but in other sense, mm. yes. And you've got your little uh, scrapbook and you say it's the cheapest hobby you could do. Go and get, go to Poundland, yeah, yeah, get, it, yeah, get it for yeah. a pound, write your little things in it. Yeah. And you've got like a work in progress there and then you say don't yeah. worry about the final piece. Yeah, yeah. Can you ever yeah. show your work in progress to anyone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's another interesting one as well. I mean, today in the school I've been showing the poem that I, that I, I wrote about the library uh, and I quite often show children the, the, the process because often they don't really believe you till you show it to them and then they go, oh yeah, okay. And that's that thing about writing being a journey. And it's understandable that people don't like necessarily believe that straight away because of course when we start to write, we just do like the one copy and then there's all the focus on full stops and the rest of the punctuation and making things look good. So then suddenly there's this shift to, right, it's a journey. It starts in one place and it ends up somewhere else. And that's like, can be quite a difficult shift to make, but it's an important shift because if we want quality, there's obviously going to be different stages. Just like if you're a footballer or a rugby league player, you know, you're not going to be playing brilliantly straight away. You're going to be learning the different techniques and skills or, or dancing or gymnastics or whatever it is. So in that sense, the process is no different. It's just the particulars are going to be specific and individual each time. Brilliant. Thank you. I'm going to ask you last question. It's a two-pronged. Two-pronged question. Yeah. Okay. How did you get published? And before you were published, or even whilst you've been published, have you had work rejected? Oh, okay. Now, that is a really brilliant question because one of the things they always say about poets is when you first start doing, doing poetry, there is no money in poetry. Um, and if you, you can see why if you ever look in like poetry bookshelves in like a big library, you've got Wordsworth, Shakespeare, Byron, lots of dead men basically, which you know is quite interesting. But on the other hand, there are lots of men, women and children writing poems now. So you just have to be a bit creative with stuff. So in effect, what I do is I pay a very good quality publisher to make my books for me and then I sell them at a profit. So back in the day, going back, 20, 30, 40 years, that would not have been possible. Um, but nowadays, with the computer revolution, you know, people can create their own books. I don't create my own books, but I started off, actually, just in a bit of a cottage industry. I did literally make my own books. And then when it started to be quite successful, then I paid someone to do it for me. Mm. So, yeah, virtually, virtually nobody gets their books, actually, poetry books, published because there's not much money in poetry, mm. but... There is a lot of self-expression and fun to be had through through expressing yourself and who you are. I think it's important and, and, and I love it. So sometimes we can't always give something a, a monetary value in quite the same way. That was quite a long answer to your first prompt. So I'm ready for the second prompt. 
Uh, no, that was it. It was kind of the two and one. Oh, it was a two and yeah. one. Yeah, it was two and one. It oh, was, all was, sorts. Have you ever been rejected? But you kind of answered because you didn't oh. go through your traditional publisher anyway. Yeah, 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 You've yeah. In a different way, haven't you? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you've got to, you have got to be creative yeah, and entrepreneurial yeah. in life in lots of ways, yeah. haven't you? Really. Yeah. And again, for me, that's that is quite brave because you've done that and been able to think about how you can work do like a bit of a work around the traditional what you would say like about publishing yeah yeah I and mean, there are all these possibilities nowadays that are out there i mean it's not necessarily easy but this is the thing again about like trying to kind of suss out how the world works what matters to me what's important and you know if people like my poems or like other people's poems that just makes me really pleased if i if i can make a bit of money from it and make a living from it as well so i can buy enough cakes and biscuits for me and my family that's even better and that, again, perfectly to end the podcast. I was going to say, talking about that, and obviously you've been with us today. You've, d- you've done a great job with all of our children. Oh, thanks very much. They loved it. Um, obviously, some of them have bought your books. Could you tell us about where we could find your things and maybe buy books if people wanted to? Uh, yeah, to yeah. I mean, they're, 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 they're all available from Amazon and all good booksellers, as they say. You know, you can always track them down. They will cost a bit more money than a fiver because... The recommended retail price is eight ninety nine, and they'll be always be quite close to that. Um, for for me, I sell them for a fiver in schools because I think that's a reasonable rate, really, and get a bit muddled up with ninety nine for this and ninety nine for that. But yeah, if you are really keen to get them, and obviously if parents agree to it, you know you can you can track them down via via Amazon and other places. And if you also want to have a look on my website, www.thepoetfromthepeaks.co.uk can't buy them from there but you can have a little hover over the books and get uh, about five or six poems from each of the book and see what you see what you think and then you can get them if you want yeah brilliant thanks very much uh, i'll see vandy twos will sign us out and i uh, hope that you listen next time in two weeks over to you Andy twos so i'm going to finish with uh, a poem from the new book green shoots rising and uh, i'm going to finish with this poem called green because there are lots of Uh, There are lots of poems about the environment and the world, so I think it'd be nice to finish with one of these. Green, it's all green. Incidentally, thank you so much for having me into the school. I've loved it. And thank you for this little podcast interview, which actually has been great, really interesting. Green, it's all green. The trees, the fern, the forest, the wood, the hedge, the leaf. It's all good when it's green. Grey, it's all grey when our greenery is stolen away. Despoiled, destroyed, disinherited, distraught. Some say grey's okay, but we say that's wrong. Green is the colour of the world's song. Green, it's all green. The trees, the fern, the forest, the wood. Only when it's green can the world be good. Hello, and here we are for episode four of the SGS podcast. And today, you will have just heard, we've just had a lovely little poem from one of our great guests today. That is Mr Andy Twos. And here with me are my two co-hosts. Hi, I'm Mariella. Hi, I'm Finley. Uh, today we're here with um, one of the pupils, Harrison. And he's a pupil from where? At year three. So he is in year three, aren't you, Harrison? Yes. You are new to the school. And I think Finley and Mariella are going to start off with some lovely questions for you. Harrison, what was your best moment in school? Mm. Playing football. So you like playing football? Yeah. Yeah, is that your favourite sport? Yeah. And when do you play football? When do you play football, Harrison? Maybe a little bit, then I might play basketball. Yeah, and when, when do you play? Do you play in uh, lesson time? 
No, I only play playtime. Yeah, play playtime. And um, whereabouts do you play? Do you like to go? Do you like to shoot and score? Do you like to be in net? What do you do? Be in net. You do? Very cool. Okay. Name a teacher that inspired you the most. Miss Bower. Miss Bowen. Who's Miss Bower to you, Harrison? A really good teacher. Is she your class teacher? Yeah. She is, isn't she? And uh, she's your year three teacher this year. So you like having Miss Bower? Yeah. Brilliant. Very good. Um, what what do you think uh, what do you think Miss Bower does that's good that makes you like lessons? Maths. Yeah, you like maths. And what's good about maths? I just learn a lot from it. Fantastic. What are your thoughts and opinions about the school so far in year three? Um, really good. What makes it good? What do you like about school? So you're you're new to the school, aren't you? Only a few weeks ago. What do you like? We do a lot of learning. Do a lot of learning. Yeah. Do you always do learning, or is there any are there any we other do, things you do? We do a few current and PE and. We got the other stuff. That's okay. Brilliant. How are you challenged in your lessons? Um, it's when we do all our maths yeah. stuff and we're not allowed to copy off each other and we give each other our sheets and bring math both for each other. Yeah, and that's tells us all the answers. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. It's a good idea not to try and copy we each other too much, isn't it? High so you've got some new high scores, have you, this year? What have you got new high scores in? So my first time it was 42. And what was this on? Um, math assessment. And my second time I'd done it was 52. And then my this time it was 58. And is this times tables? Yeah. Oh, so you've been improving on your times tables, have you? That's really cool. That's really good. Well done, Harrison. Um, if you get stuck ever, and I mean, I get stuck up quite a lot um, doing things. What about you, Finlay? Do you ever get stuck? Yeah, sometimes with the bar modelling. Oh yeah, for, so bar modelling, yeah. which is something we've been doing. Yeah, let's talk quickly about the bar, bar modelling actually. It's bar vember at the minute, isn't it? <coughs> which is linked with our white rose maths that we do. And we've been doing bar modelling. What are you thinking of bar modelling? I like it. I think it's fun. I think I might need to do a bit more and then I think I'll be a lot more used to it. Uh, sometimes it is like... like and like the later questions, it can be like it's like a bit more harder, like it's a bit more challenging than like the first few as well. Yeah, so we always have question one and two. They're a bit a uh, bit easier for us to do, aren't they? They're yeah. not as developed. And then questions three and four, there's a few more layers to the questions, aren't there? There's usually a few more steps that you have to do to enable you to work out the answer and find the answer. Yeah. So that's always getting stuck sometimes in school. And I know you've been stuck sometimes this week, and we've been able to work through it, haven't we, in maths? What would you do if you were stuck? What's a good idea to do if you're stuck? I'd rather just tell somebody next to me, tell my whole table if you don't know what I'll just tell Miss Bower. Brilliant. And why would you tell someone? What's a good? Why is that a good idea? Probably because they might know it, and if they don't know it, I'll probably just tell somebody else. Yeah, and then what can they do? They might help me. Fantastic. Yeah, then they can come and help you, and you know that, don't you? And that's really fantastic that you know that already. Any other questions, Mariella? Um... Are you a part of any after-school clubs? Yeah. Crackle. Um, Crackle and that's it. Have you, have you been to any other clubs? You might only go to Craft Club now. Have you been to any other clubs this year so far? Just Crackle. Club. Just Craft Club so far. And what other clubs do you know that there are in school? What other clubs 
have are there at the minute that you the haven't last, chosen to go to? The go last on. six parkour. Yeah. Since I couldn't be able to go in. Oh, so you signed up for parkour, didn't you? But it was oversubscribed, so that's a shame. But hopefully you can go to it next time. Um, there's going to be a new club when we build tents from this part of the first That's day. cool. Construction club, is it? Yeah. Very cool, yeah. And um, I'm going to do some... And there's also... Is it sport, sports club? Yeah, sports club. Yeah, well done. You, you, you remember all of those. Really good. Yeah, Finley, any other questions? What topic is interested you more so far? Topic. Yes. What's your favorite? What's your favorite new topic or subject being that you've been learning about? So maybe in it's, history or geography or or. It's the desert thing. And what is it? I don't know what you call it. It's something in the desert. Something in the desert. And what about the desert? What have you been learning about? That there's mummies in it. Was it Egypt? So you're doing yeah, about the Egyptians? Egyptians yeah. Is it? Really cool. And what else? What have you learned about that then? Well, we made our own mummies. Did you? Oh, we cool. Got teddies. Yeah. And we talking about them and then we wrapped them up with toilet paper. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. And what else? Is there anything else you can remember about the Egyptians? No. No, that's it. Yeah. And that's quite cool. You're quite liking that subject, are you? that topic that's cool very good okay so you've been part of an after-school club so far you did sign up for another one but it was oversubscribed which is a shame have you managed to had a chance to represent school and do anything for school or outside of school this year no have you not have you not been to a football tournament for school with me yeah oh you did brilliant and what was that like it was really good, wasn't it? So we went and played football, and we mentioned it in the last podcast, didn't we, about this? So Harrison was one of our star players, and he played in net for us, didn't you, Harrison? Yeah. What do you think? How did you like it? It's just my team. I, I like watching my teammates, and I like saving the ball a lot. Yeah, and uh, what was the best moment? The header. Go on, tell us about the header. So it, I didn't know that it was coming at me, and it just popped on my head. <laughs> And it was a great save, wasn't it? It was going to go in and you just let it smack you right in the head and it bounced right off your head and went flying. It was such a good save. Yeah, and it wasn't the only good save you did. You did lots of really good saves, didn't you, that day? Yeah. And uh, that was your first time representing school uh, outside of school, wasn't it? Do you think you'd like to do that again? Do more of that? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you played in net, like I said. You played four games. Yeah. And we played four games, didn't we? And we only conceded two goals I think it was wasn't it out of four so you did a super job uh, have you got any other questions Finley and Marilyn uh, do you have school dinner or pack lunch for your dinner school dinner school dinner every day yeah which is the best school dinner I have two go on meatballs and pasta and actually three meatballs pasta fish and chips and pizza pizza oh that's controversial why is that controversial Mariella? Because um, I think it was the second one. Um, Leo said he wanted to get rid of fish and chips on the school menu because he didn't like them. Mm. So you do like the fish and chips. It's one of your favourites, is it? So you think keep school dinners, keep the fish and chips in the school dinners. Yeah. Yeah. And what would ha how would you feel if we got rid of the, the fish and chips? Mad. You get mad. You'd be upset. Yeah, so I usually get um, an alternative when it's fish and chips, but then I'll go for a second to get chips because that's like the only part I actually like about it. So you just go for the chips part? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> would you have any school's dinners that you would get rid of in the school? 
Yeah. Which ones? Oh, what, the, what is there again? What's in the windows? Cool. Do you remember? Was it bolognese? Oh, I don't like bolognese either, to be fair. I'm rather, I like. On the days, there's bolognese and it's got like peppers in it or something. And I'd rather just get it away because I don't like peppers. Yeah, okay, yeah. So today we've had Andy Toos, the poet, in, haven't we? You got to do a little workshop with him. What did you think of Andy Toos, Harrison? Really good, and he also made us do some poems for him. And did you create your own poem? Yep. Did you, would you like to read it out for the podcast? Yes, but I'll have to go and get my English book. You can go and do that. I'll pause it now and you can go and get the, your English book. Okay, Harrison, off you go. Nice and loud and clear for like me. Dogs. Pearls, curls, barks, wiggles, sniffs, golden, runs, jumps, stinky, stupid, fat, dumb. My dog is incredible. Fantastic. Go on, Mariella. You read uh, yours. Do you like art? Sketching, smudging, blending, colours, paint, erasers, pencils, paper, markers. I like art. Art is amazing. Go on, Finley, you read yours. Do you have a bike? I have a bike and I think it's my brilliant bike. It goes fast. My brilliant bike looks colourful and bright. My brilliant bike is my best friend. Do you have, do you like your bike if you have one? So today we managed to have a double episode almost. We've had two guests, Harrison and Andy Tews. Thank you to both of both of them. Thank you to you for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's podcast.